Underdog Collectibles is an online shop run for collectors by collectors. Join them every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night as they break new products, talk sports, and hopefully you'll pull a great hit to add to your collection. Visit them at www.udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. Remember, always bet on the underdog. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today, I want to do kind of a quick episode recapping the 1969 top set. You might have seen the tweet I made a, a few days ago where I finally landed a 1969 Nolan Ryan, and that was all it took for me to finally complete the 1969 top set. And I'm pretty excited about that, and I wanted to share that on Twitter. So I tweeted the picture of that Nolan Ryan out that I finally got in hand um, from at HTownEd. That's his Twitter handle if you want to follow him. I appreciate his help in tracking it down. And despite all of the attention that modern cards get, there's still a whole bunch of people out there who like to celebrate vintage cards and and celebrate with other collectors when they land one of those big vintage cards that they need. And so that was one of the most popular tweets I've had in a while. Over 13,000 impressions and almost 2,000 engagements and a lot of comments and likes. And I really appreciate that. It It helps me enjoy it even more when I know that the fellow hobby community out there is celebrating that uh, success along with me. And so I wanted to just spend a little bit of time today talking about the 1969 set and some of the basic information about that set and what you might be able to expect or about what you might be able to see when you track that down if that's something that you decide you want to get on your own. So let's go ahead and get started with that. So that was one of my collecting goals for 2020 was to put the finishing touches on the 69 set. I had started it just with some random lots from the variety of collections that I picked up along the way. I had done some in-person trades and deals that I had um, once I knew what cards I needed. But a few of the, the big cards I landed in a the first big collection that I ever really purchased of almost three years ago now. And there was a, a good number of vintage cards in that collection, including the Reggie Jackson rookie and the Mickey Mantle rookie, probably the two biggest cards in that set. And so that was how I got started. I spent a lot of time on sport lots filling things in along the way, which was super helpful to be able to get some of those cards anywhere from 18 cents up to, you know, four or five dollars for some of the harder to find cards, not counting the the bigger superstars or some of the bigger names in there. And so there's a combination of collections, some in-person deals, sport lots, and a little bit on ComC that allowed me to finish that out, including the the final Twitter trade that I that I made. Um, which was pretty cool. It was a Twitter purchase, actually, let me clarify. I bought the card. I didn't trade for it. Let's talk a little bit about the set. So this was a 664-card set, and when it was released, it held the title of the biggest set in the history of sports cards. Collectors had to piece together seven series worth of cards, 
And um, the higher series were a little harder to find, but also the third series is known for being one of the tougher series to put together. There are four packaging options for this set, wax packs, rack packs, cello packs, and a special blue cello pack were all options that collectors had to choose from. The design, to me, kind of reminds me as a mashup of the 67 and 68 releases. The team name at the bottom of the card is in block letters, kind of similar to 67, maybe a little more rounded. And once again, you know, that has a circular element from the 68 set. However, it the player's name, it was housed in that circular um, option this time. One of the ways that Tops was able to get the set size so large is the use of a variety of subsets. So there were league leader cards, there was the Sporting News All-Stars, the World Series highlights. They all provided alternative image designs from the standard base card. Tops even tried to make the checklist more desirable in this set by putting a small image of a star player at the top of the card. And so this set contains, like I said before, the rookie cards of Reggie Jackson and Rolly Fingers, along with some other big names like Bobby Cox, Bobby Bonds, and it was actually Mickey Mantle's last card uh, as, a, as an active player. He retired in 1969, and so this was his last card of his kind of playing career. And it also marks Nolan Ryan's first solo card. You know, a 68 rookie, as, as we know, was a dual rookie card. This was his first solo card and makes for, like I said, one of the two most sought-after cards in the release. Variations exist for several of the cards, mostly pertaining to the color of the player's name. There are two insert sets if you're looking at obtaining a quote-unquote master set. First was a 48-card decal set, or maybe you could say a 48-sticker decal set, and it was unnumbered. And the other option, which is probably a little more widely known, was the decalage set, which contained 35 die-cut cards. And the deck of ledges also contained a blue facsimile autograph. As I was preparing to record the podcast episode, I wanted to go back and do a little bit more research. So I went back to the December episode of Dr. Beckett's podcast where he and Rich Klein covered this set. And I also reached out to Rich on Twitter to see if he had any other insights or interesting takeaways that he would recommend I include. So I'm going to go ahead and share some of those, those insights that I got from them. One of them is that Rich believes that this is the final baseball issue of five-cent nickel packs. And also, while there's no major short print issues as compared to some of the prior releases in the 60s, there are still some cards which are tough to find, especially some of the 1969 Mets, because that whole legend of the Miracle Mets always helped um, keep the popularity of those cards growing and kept them in other collectors' hands. And so those were a couple of the things that that stood out to him. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is that for a good period of time, Reggie Jackson was buying his own rookie card and was was building up a supply of his rookie cards, which which kind of kept them in short supply for a while. Uh, Originally, it sounds like he had a, a theory that he would buy enough to match his, I believe, career home run total. And then once he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, he would start to autograph, maybe autograph and serial number them um, and resell them along the way. But anyway, Reggie Jackson buying a lot of his own rookie cards contributed to somewhat of a shortage of those cards being on the market for a while. 
And another interesting note that they said in the podcast was that there was an impact to this set from the players' union. And the association for a long time was telling players to not pose for new photos for tops. And so that forced tops to reuse photos from prior years, especially in the first few series. It sounds like partway through the season, they worked out an agreement and some of the subsequent later releases actually did have some new, more current photos. And so that was something that was pretty interesting to me. And just another example of the wealth of knowledge that Dr. Beckett and uh, Rich Klein share in some of their podcast episodes. And so those are a few of the things that I thought I would share that add to the mystique and add to the interesting nature of this 1969 set and definitely add to the enjoyment that I now have of having it complete. Finally, I'd like to try something new for this episode. You know, I was clearly not around in 1969. This wasn't, I wasn't born until 1977. So I don't have those direct collecting experiences of this. And I know there are probably more interesting takeaways and things that stand out about this set to some of you. And I would love to hear what those are. Let's see if we can build almost a crowdsourced repository for this set with with you all going to the podcast episode page at waxpackero.com and adding your own interesting insight, your own memory of this set, your own favorite cards, whatever it might be, add a comment to the podcast episode or to the podcast page for this episode. And let's see what additional insights we can build as a group and as a community. And so I'd like to try that with this episode. If you don't mind, check out the link Go to waxpackhero.com, go to the podcast section, find this episode, the link to this episode, and add your takeaways and insights and thoughts and memories to the 1969 top set on that page, and let's see what we can come up with together. And as always, I invite you to connect with me at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Follow me on TikTok at waxpackhero. I would love to get any feedback that you've got on the site and on the podcast. It helps me grow to become a better blogger and a better podcaster. So thank you for that. Also, don't forget about the Hobby Hotline. On Saturday mornings and on Monday evenings, you get a chance to call in and talk with some of us podcast hosts about whatever hobby topic is on your mind. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks, and I'll catch you next time.